well, well, well. What a test match. What a test series. Welcome to Hit for Six. Michael, I mean, you're sweaty at the moment having run here. Thank you for making the effort. But we had to meet up before you, you had abroad yeah. to talk about that this test series, that test match, that finish. Neil Wagner, the hero. Yeah, we did have to meet up. And as I said to you, Rob, I'm really busy with work this week, going abroad on Friday, not got much time. And you very kindly said, look, yeah, I'm happy to be flexible. You can come to my office anytime early before my work. Yeah. Late after my work finishes, happy to be flexible. And I said, oh, cheers, Rob. Thanks. Yeah. I'll just run here at 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. This location at the time that I ask. Uh, but no, thank you for making the effort. Uh, but I mean, I suppose the only place to start is the most recent test match. We can look back at, to the first test match uh, afterwards. But what a game of cricket. I don't think anyone could possibly have imagined that with Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum, every England test match would be this exciting. Uh, but uh, another one, another classic that we'll remember for many years to come. Well, either this exciting or we win by distance, which are both quite enjoyable. Like, I wouldn't say the last test was that exciting in this. I think we dominated them and we dominated a couple of the Pakistan tests. But I think I had the article that said they make test cricket exciting even when they don't mean to, like taking this one down to the wire through maybe a tactical misstep. And yeah, it's just it's just really fun. It is. Uh, so I suppose then maybe that's the place to start. A couple, There were probably a couple of tactical missteps, but the, the one people mainly talking about the follow-on mm-hmm. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. So try not to say, oh, I definitely wouldn't have, I definitely would have batted on. But at, at the time, what were you thinking? Well, in create captain, I'd have enforced the follow-on. So that's all I would say. But that's probably why I'm not England test captain. I would say, yeah, maybe it was a misstep, especially when you've got two bowlers, the age of Anderson and Broad in your team, which I know we're not meant to talk about their age, but when it comes to bowling two innings in a row, that's going to be a factor. And and with all due respect to Ollie Robinson, he's he's not the fittest. Hey, he's got fitter. He's got fitter. He's a gym freak yeah, now. But, in but, his but, but he still doesn't really look like a gym freak. Yeah. Is what I'd say. He still looks like he, he's not like one of those kind of. I feel that you get some bowlers who can just bowl and bowl and bowl for hours. Uh, he doesn't. He's not that kind of kind yeah. of bowler. But I think you know what? Yeah, that was a tactical misstep. But but I'm already moving on to the positives because that's how I'm viewing this test. But we've learned something here. We've learned something ahead of the Ashes. Don't make Anderson and Broad and Ollie Robinson, if that's your trio, follow on. Like, not many bowlers can bowl effectively following on, and it's probably why it's less used as a tactic now. You see teams rarely use it, but they really couldn't. So it's interesting. You learn that. We also learn other stuff. We'll get onto it. But if you keep defending Zach Crawley, I'm not sure we can keep doing this podcast because Zach Crawley can't stay in this England team anymore. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Crawley in a second. Um, but but I'd actually counter to an extent, although it was a bit of a tactical misstep, I don't think that's why we lost. I think the game was there to win the batting. And the last innings, we, we batted poorly. We made some big mistakes. You could always back us to chase that score on a pitch that wasn't doing absurd things. It's not like playing India or something. So, yeah, I, we should have won it. And you look we, at Duckett, loose shot, Pope, slightly loose shot, the... Root, he batted wonderfully, but running out Brook without facing a ball, running out the person who is our informed best best batsman at the moment, that, that's yeah, that pretty painful. dear. And that was all just like in a head's gone moment, wasn't it? Like we lost a few wickets quickly, suddenly 85 for five. Yeah. And, but, and, and that's where Root deserves so much credit. Having done that, having known he's run out arguably our best player, except the player who was probably going to win us the game if he'd stayed in. Um, he he just right knuckled down to so right. I'm gonna win this game, and he and it's like he was going to. Isn't it? I woke up at one point and 
Even Stokes was still in, it was about 16 easy. And I went back to say, like, okay, they've done it pretty much. And Stokes played a loose shot. I mean, he was on one knee, but he, Stokes, you felt just, and he was doing that until the loose shot, just stay there with Root. Just, you don't even have to get take singles. Just hold up one end and Root will score the runs. I think you saw with them folks how folks was, could come in and score the runs. That actually, if we had Stokes there rather than Broughton and Anderson towards the end, it, it could have made a, a, a bit of difference. They, they, they should have won it. It's frustrating we didn't win it, but I'm not going to be one of those people jumping down this and saying, oh, it's been coming, basketball, oh, no, too big for our boots, not. and this is, you know, this way of cricket is always going to bite you in the arse. Like, no, we they, this way of cricket got us from 30 for free in the first innings on a pitch doing bits into a position where we could and should have won the test, and we lost. And we lost against a team that is definitely on the decline, but it's still got some absolute gun players. Like, I'm going to call, call my housemate out, Nick Harris, saying we've lost to Neil Wagner bowling short. Well, as me and you were just saying, well, a lot of people have lost to Neil Wagner bowling short. It doesn't really make sense, but he's very good at it. Yeah, and I was so, and I was really pleased for him. He took a wonderful catch down at fine leg to, I think it was to remove Folks um, off Southie the over before having taken a couple of wickets and then he, and then he took the final wicket as well. He's a, a laddie bowls with so much heart and he's just got that. I, I love his energy and aggression because he seems like quite a nice bloke he's kind of a bit short he's not actually that quick and he just runs in and tries and bumps people it doesn't, make, it doesn't yeah. make any sense and yeah 200 odd test wickets yeah, yeah. And like, what if, I suppose if you bowl at good bounces accurate bounces even if they are in the 80s mm. rather than the 90s the it's always effective. I mean, actually, Anderson bowled a fantastic bouncer to Wagner when Wagner was batting in the New Zealand. It was what I can't remember if it was which test it was, but in one of the tests, certainly. And I think it was, uh, you know, it shows that even someone Anderson, he'd say, is what, like an 80, 81 mile an hour bowler. You can, you can still bowl good, well directed short well, stuff from time to time. Well, put it like this with me and you in the nets, we fancy facing an 80 mile an hour yeah. well directed bouncer. Exactly. <laughs> I'm exactly. throwing myself on the floor prostrate. Um, no, 100%. Uh, the one thing, and I'm pleased you haven't said it, and it's a phrase that I ban anyone from saying, is the phrase, well, cricket was the winner. My dad, a, a wonderful man, he WhatsApp that to me. And I was like, no, I'm not having that. That is the most sort of banal phrase. Test cricket really was the winner. Yeah, it just does my head in. <laughs> but uh, it was certainly a fantastic test match. Gutter that it didn't end up as a tied test. Would have loved the tied test. Although, probably deep down... I would love to be watching live England's first tied test. I mean, whether on television. So the fact that you don't want to wake up, to you don't want to wake up to a tied test. So maybe I'm pleased it wasn't. But um, I mean, with your early starts here at Marshmallow, which dictates such early morning podcast starts, I'm surprised you weren't already awake and watching the uh, and watching it play out. Yeah, I was pretty good with this one. The first test I was because it was day night. There was more opportunity to follow early morning, so so I was a bit more engaged while it was happening. But this one, it was. I and mean, when did this test finish? Or three? It was sort of three AM or something. I mean, I've not been watching any of it live because I extended my Now TV Sky Sports against my better judgment and my bank balance because I thought, oh well, the tests are coming up. I want to watch the Arsenal v Man City game. Found out Arsenal v Man City was on Prime, and found out these were on BT, and was <laughs> quite quite angry actually because I barely used that Sky Sport membership. So oh. I've been reduced to uh, reduced to highlights. Yeah, there's no 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 Champions League either. Um, last BT, so yeah, yeah it's you're, you're not, of yeah, Six Nations is on terrestrial. Oh, I was gutted about that actually. Yeah, the Six Nations, I, that I would have been glued watching every yeah. day. It's been, scrums. It's been it's been good. Trust me. Um, the only thing just on the New Zealand series as well, 
It was a great test, great series. Real shame that it's two tests. Like this is so set up for a decider and scheduling. Like, and we're, and we're now why? playing the bilateral series in Bangladesh, ODI series in Bangladesh. Like, why are we not playing another test match? But we could be playing another test match because that bilateral, we've got so many good ODI players. We can literally have a white ball squad and a red ball squad and it won't be affected. Well, that's what we have, right? There's, there's no one who's no. doing both. I think that uh, Will Jacks was in the test squad and he flew home early. But that's fine. We can play a third test without Will Jacks. We'll do all right. I, it's infuriating and it's just part of this thing where New Zealand world test champs are seen as inferior, not worthy of multiple tests. And it's, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it is frustrating. And we'd win that third test. I'm pretty sure we'd win that third test. We'd be gutted about having thrown away the second one and we'd roar back 2-1, job done, test championship points in the back. Oh, but, you know, momentum with New Zealand... Yeah, and suddenly you're onto a really, really fine, fine game. I mean, one one thing I was struck by, and I don't know, I haven't been following New Zealand's selection closely enough, but what I didn't quite understand was why they uh, basically where was Matt Henry in the first test? He was on paternity leave. Oh, was he? He just said okay. I was about to say because although Tickner and um, Kugline got a couple of wickets, I uh, I much preferred Matt Henry when he was playing. He bowled much, much better. Just a word from my bit of hip six that Kugelan shouldn't be playing test cricket for New Zealand completely undermines their entire good image. Like, it's been convicted of raping like a civil court and pretty unpentant. And the stuff <laughs> and the stuff that's come out in the core of what he did, what he said and what he said he did is absolutely disgusting. And he then didn't get found guilty in a criminal court, undecided. But every time he's come close to being selected for them, there's been a huge uproar. And then this one kind of snuck through because they've run out of bowlers. And so it's like, oh, he's got to play. But yeah. Well, wow, there we go. Having, and... read, having read the stuff, like, I always think of New Zealand as the absolute pinnacle of good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. But yeah, well, without going off on too much of a tangent, it is one, there's a, there is a quite famous uh, similar case with uh, rugby players from Ulster, Irish players. And the although they were found kind of not, well, Paddy Jackson, the main one, was kind of found not guilty. All that came out in the wash as part of the the WhatsApp messages and the around the whole case, it was yeah innocent technically, but pretty awful. Know, yeah, and painted himself in a pretty bad light. And he's he although easily probably Ireland's second best fly half. He should be. He's not. He's now he plays in England and, and won't play international rugby again. So I mean, there's also the example of the uh, the Worcester cricket boys, isn't there? Tom Cole, Cadmore, the guy who actually got. Said the jail, Alex something, and uh, what's his face? The not Joe Clark, Joe Clark. Like, anytime there's any talk of them getting near England, or when Joe Clark got his big hundred deal, there's a lot of noise because of the content that came out and went public. And yeah, they're public figures, but anyway, we're digressing. But I was quite glad that what's his face did pretty badly in the first Pete test Lund. and has been dropped, yeah, dropped back when uh, when Henry returns. Yeah. A couple of other things just to call out. I was very rude about Jack Leach in our pre-series podcast. I have to say he had a very good series and a particularly good second test. And I think we saw that how poorly Michael Bracewell bowled in comparison, mm. especially on that last day, we probably would have lost quite comfortably after that collapse if they had a better spinner or even if they had Jack. So anyone who could build pressure, but he just can't. He lost too many. Too I'm many surprised they keep picking him. Yeah, but I, I suppose it's... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not scoring any runs though either. And they've got a couple of better spinners, like that guy who took a 10 for um, 
in India, which whose name I've forgotten, but surely a better spinner if you can take 10 for in India than Michael Bracewell, who I know is an all-rounder. He's averaging about 12. So he's kind of a biffy. He's, I can, I'm, he makes a lot more sense to me in limited overs cricket than he does in tests. Yeah. Then I agree. Leach bowled really well. He does his job. Stokes captains him really well. Ollie, got... Ollie Pope gets many assists to some of those wickets, oh, yes. building the short leg. I mean, I think assists is uh, putting Ollie Pope down a little bit. <laughs> oh, he's in the yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're basically Ollie Pope's wickets, aren't they? Yeah, some that's of those, basically some it. Of those yeah. Grabs. Um, should we talk a little bit about? I mean, we talked we talked about quite a lot of negative. Should we talk about for me? Well, there's two major positives that have come from this. Like Root continues to be class. That's great. Brilliant. We love him. And that was never a doubt that he was going to come back strong. But, Brooke, thoughts? Well, I was it you on WhatsApp yesterday about how good I thought he was? I think he's the most naturally talented batsman I've ever seen, apart from possibly Virat Kohli. It's in his shot selection and his ability to play proper cricket shots. Uh, with Matt Henry, was like beating the bat, beating the bat, and then he just pumps him over his head. Effortless. That's the thing that struck me. It's the effortless... Like let let the levers go, plonk back over the bowler's head, perfectly straight for six, as his release shot almost. Watching his ton in that first innings, I sent the highlights around to a few people saying you need to watch this. Like this is silly. It, it, it's it's absolutely incredible. It's some of the best since he's come into the side. Some of the best batting I've I've seen. I've been really impressed, particularly after he had such a poor T Twenty World Cup. Although he was part of the winning side sort of throughout, he did he never really scored any runs. He must have been so nervous. Yeah. Because like, when you consider how good he is and how good he's been in the white ball stuff since then as well, he must have really been feeling it. But I think now he's sort of released the shackles a bit and is playing up to his his potential. I suppose the challenge will come once he hits a bit of bad form. Maybe they yeah, these video analysts and stuff, they discover a little weakness and he and he starts getting out a bit more frequently, how he then, because that's almost a test. You have that, you, you arrive, it happens quite often, you arrive in test cricket, you score hundreds for fun, then you have that that wobble, and it's the really good players who then come back from that wobble and go on and score thousands and thousands of runs. So as long as he does that, he's, he'll be an all-time great. The thing is, the name that immediately comes to my mind when you say that happens quite often, Gary Balance. <laughs> he came in, made test cricket look easy. And then the video analyst realised, but if you bowl full outside off stump, he's not so good. So in my head, he's got a lot more obvious limitations than Harry Brook. I know we're not video analysts, but that's one of the things I've been struck by, how good his game is all around the wicket. Like, I can't see an obvious weakness. He's confident scoring everywhere. Bowl it short, he'll pump it through square leg. He's got great cover drive. He can launch it long. He's also got all of the shots, which means he can play square all around the wicket, the scoop, the flick. He's good against spin. He's good against pace. I'm struggling. I mean, I'm sure there is a weakness. And someone like, you know, the Australian pace attack, they're not going to find yeah. who is. But he also then has hit a bad bit of form. So I think you look at someone like Sachin Tendulkar, he never really had a weakness, but he hit a bit of bad form. He did keep getting out, playing sort of cover drives, which was one of his best shots. And then he had that famous 100 in Australia where he didn't, he refused to play a cover drive. So he just left everything outside of stuff, everything full. And then they, whenever they struck, it was a painful 100, but he got there and scored runs and then he could bring it back into his game. So he will hit uh, a down bit of form because every player does. And the, the margin for error at international cricket is so small. And you are playing against very good, good players and good bowlers. But yeah, 
a find almost above all other finds. I've never been as excited about a, someone who's come into the England team, batting or bowling. Yeah, no, I'd 100% agree with that. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm just looking. Oh, no, this is the first test. Yes. Sorry. So I'm looking at the wrong scorecard. I was wondering, why on earth did Broad come in at four in our chase? <laughs> the Nighthawk. <laughs> 250. So we, we do look quickly at that first test then. The Nighthawk, that was a, a wonderful, I don't even know what to, to call it, sort of. You go in, back to that scorecard quickly, Rob, because I'm actually pretty sure he doesn't go at a runner ball. Yeah, the Nighthawk went at seven off 17. It didn't quite work. But it, but it did insofar as at this now he kind of embraced his his alter ego at night and then roll, rattled through the New Zealand team um, with the ball under the lights. I mean, um, that was a serious spell. That was the first proper broad spell like that we've had in a while. I think a friend of mine texted me saying, Stuart, that Ofstump has a family, which made me laugh. <laughs> I mean, some of those nuts were unbelievable. Yeah, it's a clean bowl. Latham, Conway, Williamson The Williamson in particular went through the tiniest gap imaginable. It was such a good ball. Fantastic. And then Anson on the, the last day, bowled very well against the tail and, and cleaned him up. And that, that was a really dominant performance. So it was great to see them back, both bowling well. Anderson, world number one bowler, 40 years old. First person, I was talking to my dad about this as a stat. He's taken test wickets in 20 consecutive calendar years, or maybe 21 consecutive calendar years. And, you know, my dad, like your dad, complete cricket badger through the years. He was trying to work out if anyone else might have matched that, and he doesn't think anyone has. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so because no one else paid for that longevity. Or those that did would have been pre-war where they didn't play Test matches every year. You know, because you got lads who were playing Test cricket in their forties and probably played in their twenties. But a lot of them will likely be broken up by the war as well. Yeah, yeah. Blocker. So yeah, it is unbelievable. But but I think it's more impressive in the modern game. Although there's all the additional fitness and support and sports science. It's also, I think, just a more competitive environment. There are more good players around. The schedules are more gruelling. The expectations are high. Think of all the other English seam bowlers who have been around through over his career. And, the, OK, there have been some bad ones, like Sajid Mahmood and Ajmal Shazad. And, um, but I'm racking my brains for others that haven't quite worked out. But there have been lots of very good bowlers. Amjad uh, Khan. Yeah, oh yeah, he bowled one test. Um, but then there's been so many good bowlers. You think of Harmison and Hoggard and Broad himself and Archer and Woods and Wokes and yeah. Brian Sidebottom and yeah, these are all... Tremlett, Bresnan. Yeah. No, you're right. Like there's just there's so many bowlers we'd think of so fondly, almost as like England legend status. And they've just come and gone during the Anderson era. But yeah, and he's a pace bowler. That's the other thing that's mental about it. But look, we don't need to spend this whole part talking about how unbelievable Jimmy Anderson is because we could be talking about Zach Crawley and how he can't be in this England team anymore. We have so many, we have, we actually are going to have for the first time in ages an abundance of good batting options. And if Ben folks, if Ben folks gets dropped from this test team to make way for Johnny Bairstow, or Zach Crawley continues to twiddle his bat, get tens, drop slip catches, this is the only thing that will put me off this England test team. <laughs> So certainly folks can't be dropped. I think the quality of his keeping, I mean, wonderful run out for Bracewell. He's averaging 50 of the bat. Batting so well, can bat so well with the, the tail. I think he he's also, you know, we saw in right at the end of that, that last test match how he can bat aggressively, score boundaries and sort of play the basketball way. But he can also 
like dig in hard. It's fire and ice. Yeah. So he he hundred percent cannot be dropped. And I don't think he will be. So that does raise the question of where does Bairstow come in? Um, do, does he come in at all? Because you know, I feel in Zach Crawley, you've got someone who he he embodies the spirit of basketball. No, I can go and embody the spirit of basketball if they want. I can go and swing away. I won't, I probably won't get quite as many runs as Zach Crawley, but I can't be that many off because he doesn't get many. Look, I look, I know you're I know look, you're stubborn and you're obstinate, so you're not gonna go against your like Zach Crawley mantra. Yeah. But you've got to say, if you could take a step out and look at it factually. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm ha- I'm very comfortable to admit that he's he's underdelivered time and time again, and there are probably better options. He's just 28. But this is like my from a lot of yeah. tests. This is like my fantasy football team. I think I'm going on four years now where Alan Sam Maximan has been in my fantasy football team. Just out of the pure <laughs> stubbornness that the man is, he represents so much of what I love. And so in Zach Crawley, some of the that 24 he scored in the, in the last innings of the of the final test. It was, he hit some amazing fours off his pads, and then he just got knocked over. But it was it was a good ball. I enjoyed it was a good ball, and I enjoyed it for the ride. Uh, but no, I think I think you're right, though. Joking aside, I love him. I will find it really funny if they just keep picking him and keep picking him. And I hope I hope we pick him, and I hope he he really struggles in the first two Ashes tests, and then we keep picking him. He plays in the third Ashes test, and then he scores a double hundred for us to win win chasing and the most unbelievable circumstances and I can come on here and be like I told you so isn't Zach Crawley amazing Michael wasn't able to join us today yeah and then (laughs) and then we can watch him average five for another 10 tests and then he'll score another amazing innings keep stringing us along but no he only scores double hundreds against really tired touring sides who don't want to be in the country anymore and have been living in COVID bubbles for about a year that's when he scores a double hundred he also I think he might have scored 250 since um, but it is one of those ones. He's, it, he really winds up. He winds up so many, so many people. I don't. I, I wanted I to. Look, I've not. I've always wanted him dropped, but I've not been as upset when there hasn't been enough batters to take the spots. But we're now getting to a bit of a point where Bairstow has to come back in when he's fit. Like Bairstow was basketball last year. Bairstow was unbelievable last year. Breaking cricket, like we're seeing Brooke break it now, right? With those chases. So Bairstow's got to come back in. And you're asking yourself, where is he coming back in? Ollie Pope should get runs again soon. He's had a little bit of a lean spell, but on the whole, he's batted really well at three, great at short leg, talks about the future England captain. Yeah, it, it would be a, a short-term backward step in the long term if we were to take Pope out for best, though, I think. Leave leave Pope in. I'm not convinced Duckett is definitely the one, but he's done better than Crawley and he deserves to keep his spot for a bit longer. I think he's a bit vulnerable in test cricket outside the off stump but particularly against that high cost Australian tag but for now keep him in Root, Brooke they're not going anywhere Stokes isn't going anywhere so where are you slotting best of it in unless he takes Stokes' gloves or he takes on that aggressive epitomises the basketball spirit of this England team role of Zach Crawley like was that's that, was that you doing a mocking accent of yourself because that's exactly what you sound like when you talk about uh, things like that but no I think uh that was mean of me, but I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's got to take all his spots. So you think he comes in and opens batting, and you do that? Yeah, if that's where you put it. I think so, yeah. I like it. I think I'd be up for it. But I reckon I'd bring him in for Duckett and leave leave Crawley there just for a laugh. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, there's also a bit of me that finds it funny how angry everyone gets, including me, about <laughs> Crawley. So fine. Crawley and Best, though, both will go epitomising the basketball spirit early doors, and then we'll leave it to the batsman to, you know, 
clean yeah. up. And I mean, aside from a couple of question marks over the opening spots, I think it's elite chance of the, the questions I was raising in the last podcast. And then you look at the scene bowlers, obviously, they, I think we're all now, I think even Broad Anderson and Robinson, Archer, like they understand that they will sometimes be rotated more. And I think with, with unlike with batsmen, we want to be settled in a certain spot in the, the order. I think we're able to do that. And so having Archer ready to bring back in, possibly Mark Wood, although I'd say I'd, I'd probably go with, yeah, Anderson, Broad, Robinson, and then Archer is your the, your fourth option, and 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 Wood would miss out. But we've we've got options there. Potts had a, a very good summer last year. Mm. Yeah, there's we're no, we, we, we've got good options. Like we've we've been debating the batting options, debating the bowling options. Multiple good keepers. We're in a good place. I think you'd hope we're going to do pretty well in the Ashes this summer. It should be a really good series. Just moving, having a quick look at Australia before we go. I don't know if you've followed their series in India. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing better in this most recent test match, but my dad is doing better, but it's gone a bit back when I was looking earlier this morning. It's going a little bit back India's way, as it tends to do. India now trailing by 12 runs, seven wickets remaining. <clears throat> you could see India still winning from this position. Definitely. Um, but I just think this series, I mean, Australia are a good team, and I think they've got, they've got two of the best batsmen in the world in Labashane and Smith. And I think this series with India just pummeling them, particularly in the last test, from a position of strength that Australia were in, still ending up getting pummeled, it just shows India and India, while um, Jadeja and Ashwin are still around, it's almost unbeatable. Yeah, I agree. And he hasn't had as good a series as he did against England when we played out there a couple of years ago, but Axel Patel as well as a a spinner. It's a pretty, I think, all that. They were a pretty potent trio. So, and then, you know, Yadav and Siraj just kind of like run in hard and, and bowl decent seamers. And Yadav's come in for Shami, like Shami's top quality. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're, a fine, they're a fine... At home, they are. Size. I mean, they're good away, as we I, know. I'm, home. I'm looking forward to Stokes' boys getting out there and giving it a good go, though, because I could definitely see... Well, us just taking the basketball approach. Oh, 100% and getting, and yeah, and getting after them big time. And it, you know, imagine Brook and Root just pumping it everywhere. I, I, we'd probably, I think, particularly over long seasons, I'd expect to lose. Yeah. I you think, know, we'd get rolled a couple of times. But I, I could see a, I'd be interested to see how that would play out. I don't out. know when we're going. When are we going? Because I can tell you. Because it depends when we're going, because it could almost be the crowning glory of basketball. All the, the death, death. yeah. <laughs> like it conquered all before it till it got to India. <laughs> yeah, or or that it is the the moment where we arrived. I think that was probably, although he'd just stepped down. I think that was the probably the crowning moment of that Strauss, mm. Peter Sinans and Broad Swan era team was the the series one in India in in twenty twelve. Wasn't that just after Peterson got reintegrated? Yes, Strauss had stepped down as captain. We'd lost to South Africa in the summer. And then Cook, Cook captain first series and Cook Trump Peterson scored lots and lots of runs. Yeah. Swan bowl well. And Panasar bowl. And Panasar bowl well. And that I feel that was actually, although they became like the world test number one side the year before the summer before in 2011 and we'd won the Ashes down under. I think that was the the great crowning moment and then things dec- declined really after, in, after it's one that. Of like two test series India have lost at home in 20 odd years, right? Like, mm. I mean, that is insane. Um, just moving different bit of Asia, different different kind of ball, but did you catch the first, or did you follow the first game against Bangladesh? Yeah, I followed it. A bit of bilateral ODI series. Yeah, I mean, 
just shows how much I love cricket and England cricket. I followed it very closely to the work. Too, but yes, yeah. I, I kept sort of having to, I was at back-to-back meetings. And I kept asked, oh, sorry, I just need to just check something. I just get my laptop back open and have a little look and see, oh, oh yeah, lost another couple of wickets, but Milan's still there. I mean, what a knock. Yeah, a really fun knock. I haven't seen the highlights yet, but I think it's... Uh, you spoke about this again in our last podcast. You know, is there room for Milan and and Root in the same ODI team? I mean, I think there's an argument to say that Milan, Milan has to play. I saw something quite convincing yesterday, basically saying Milan should take Roy's spot. Then you get the left hand, right hand. Milan best at the top of the order, left hand, right hand. Um, Root coming in at Root coming in at three. That's a pretty that's a pretty good top three. Yeah. Um, yeah, Malin has to play. Like, he's knocking the door down with runs. He's hit centuries in five different countries. This, I, this is a proper match-winning knock. And I, I know the, the problem is that he, he kind of bats, can bat slowly and bat selfishly. But, but he can this, accelerate. He's yeah. got the gears. But in this game, he batted slowly and selfishly to win us the game. Because no one else did it. Next top score, 26 from Will Jacks. Like, no, he did absolutely... And no one, no one's got a strike rate above 100. Yeah. In either team. No, so, it's not in fact... Pitches. He had the, apart from Butler's nine off ten and Jack's twenty six off thirty one, he had the best strike rate, seventy eight point six two of anyone. I was actually a bit when uh, in their first innings, the BBC live text like England really turning a screw here, England going for the kill here. I was just thinking back to I can't remember what it was when Bangladesh hosted Australia for a T twenty series, and they kept winning, having posted scores of like a hundred because then the Bangladesh spinners would just get stuck into them and bowl Australia out for eighty. And I was thinking, I bet that pitch is absolutely horrid. So I wasn't convinced we were going to win even at the halfway stage. No, um, but we did. And a huge credit to him. Great to see Archer back. Um, And as I said, I haven't seen him. Assumingly bowling well, taking a couple of wickets, getting under four and over. And you look at that team, you think about the team we've got at the moment playing Test Cricket for England. And then you look at the team we're playing here with... Roy, Salt, Milan, Vince, Butler, Jax, Moeen, Wokes, Rashid, Archer, Woods. That is such a good team. And the fact we have, in two different formats, 22 different players representing this country with such skill and passion and playing so creatively and aggressively, it's it's a true golden era. It feels good, cricket. doesn't it? It feels good. It's been a good winter, hasn't it? An amazing winter. We are right now basically... Well, one of the best test teams in the world. Definitely the team that everyone loves to watch the most. And we're world champions in both other formats. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Now, what frustrates me is that I've we've yet to have that wonderful moment where England rugby, football and cricket are all good at the same time. It seems that only one team's allowed to be good at any any one time. Oh, I don't know. England football, I think, is still quite good. Oh, uh, yeah, fine. But they still haven't won anything. England rugby are the rubbish ones. Uh, yeah, they are. They're getting better, but they are. Um, but this is never, it's never quite like when England was so good at rugby. So, you know, 2002, 2003, England cricket was in a, a ropey, ropey spot. And then when England were really good at cricket, around like 9, 10, 11, 12, England rugby was so average. And England football, and England so football was just a complete like disaster. It just keeps sort of yo yoing. Like, and then England rugby were doing well, England cricket was doing better. And then we got to 2018. And the football were amazing. They made the semi-finals of the World Cup, but the rugby fell off a cliff and the cricket was going all over. <laughs> it's like, why can't we be good at everything at the same time? This is probably the closest we've been. I think we're, yeah, probably. Two out of three, been. and the third, you'd hope, is on an upward, upward trajectory, having with Eddie Jones having gone. Yeah, maybe. probably the best it's been in a while. Yeah, I'm holding out hope. 
And the final note is just um, on Rehan Ahmed Watch. She's going to play in this ODI series. So everyone get very excited because I'm buzzing. Every game he plays for England, I love. Yeah, well, I mean, he's had a, a fine start. I'm so excited to see how, how he gets on. But no, look, Michael, it's been a, an amazing series. As we said, why there isn't a third test, I don't know. Um, one other thing worth actually saying, I really enjoyed on the YouTube highlights, listening to David Gower's um, velvet tones commentating. I, I hadn't realised when he left Sky, I was like, oh, OK, fine, whatever. But then him being back commentating again, I realised I had missed him. I've got a question for you. Are you a Gower man or a Gooch man? Because apparently that's what people used to be. Are you a Gower man or a Gooch man? Um, yeah, good question. I'm a I'm a I'm a Gower man. I think you are. You're, you've got too much flair. To yeah, Zach, Zach Crawley. Uh, <laughs> kind of, I mean, it's the same kind of. I guess yeah. My my dad was a uh, very much a Gower man. He tells me with great relish all the time about how Graham Gooch like basically had Gower drops so he could make sure he was England's leading test run scorer and stuff like that. So my, my dad has a bit of a chip on his shoulder on David Gower's behalf, Bert Gooch. So I think when speaking to my dad, I've, I've seen bits and bobs, you know, I was that sad six-year-old boy watching VHSs of greatest ever wickets and greatest ever centuries, uh, which by greatest ever, they mean it could only have happened between 1970 and 1992. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so I did, I have seen him back, you know, on those videos, some of his best innings. But I'd say I'm a, yeah, I'd be a Gower man. I think I'm a Gooch man. But it's got to respect that commitment. That'd be a great, a great soundbite. I'm a Gooch man, but I'll... I'm a Gooch man. I'm going to go through Gooch the other way home. Great. Well, look, uh, Michael, great to join you. Have a, you're off to Canada. Why? Uh... Different reasons. Gonna meet uh gonna meet my girlfriend while I'm out there. Oh nice. Uh which should be nice. It's gonna be minus four and very cold. I'm I'm off to Canada later this year for the never been. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But yeah, I've got a mate mate. Oh, you go to Toronto. Aren't yeah, you? mate's getting married just outside Toronto. This so. is this is part of the many solo holidays you're doing and using all your annual leave up this year. Yeah, right? well, this is two weeks. I'm using a full two weeks of annual leave. I'm not spending any time with my wife. So And you're uh, also using loads of it to play cricket and watch. Well, exactly. So this is it. The two weeks is it's two MCC games in Worcester. Then I go to Canada for just under a week. And then I come back and I go to the entire Lord's Ashes test. And then I go back to work again. Sophia, I love you. Uh, Michael, I love you too. Uh, ben Stokes, Brendan McCullum, Zach Crawley, I love all of you as well. And cricket's the winner. Thanks, Michael.